The Trench Run Report proudly presents Mando Meetings with your hosts, Aaron Russo and Justin Boots Gray. This is the way. All right, welcome aboard, Star Wars fans. Welcome to another edition of Trench Run Report. I am your co-host, Aaron Russo, and I'm also here live with... Justin Gray. And we are excited to be podcasting after the long-awaited first episode of Mandalorian Season 2. So finally, something new and fresh to talk about. Pretty exciting. Yeah, and plus, uh, at first I thought that there wasn't going to be much to talk about with the first episode, but... Oh my gosh, I was so wrong. Um, <laughs> there's, there's plenty to talk about. <laughs> so, like, overall, like, um, what what did you think of the uh, story of it? Like, overall episode, just yep. the story arc. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a little bit surprised that it was, it felt more like a mid-season episode in some ways. It kind of felt like a, like a side adventure in some ways, at least initially. Like, like the beginning, that, that the sequence before... Like the the kind of the opening sequence where he's trying to track down this guy who knows about the, the Mandalorians was cool. It felt mm-hmm. felt like in story and like okay, like this is the next thing that he's doing to try to find Baby Yoda's kind, which I'm mm-hmm. not sure yet still what that means. Um, but then like the the story arc on on Tatooine was interesting. It was good. It was fun to watch. I felt like it was kind of not super like didn't move the story along necessarily in many ways um but i really enjoyed just you know a full episode on tatooine with all the tuscan raiders and all that stuff um and then obviously the end um from what i could tell i mean huge i I don't know if i've ever seen an episode of any television certainly not mandalorian that like the last five seconds just totally transformed the episode like that was crazy but mm-hmm. I think overall it was cool. It was fun. It was, like I said, a little bit not what I expected. I would have expected like maybe more of like more of the other main characters. We didn't get any other main characters. Mm-hmm. Um, that surprised me. But we got a really interesting full hour on Tatooine, which is super fun. So, yeah, not my favorite story arc for an episode, but fun and entertaining. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely, um, as, as I said before, um, first season it was a little bit more noticeable because it kind of, like the um, first half of uh, season one kind of had a little bit of a um, more structured story. Mm-hmm. Like he finds the kid, brings it to the, to the client, and then uh, takes it back, and then the, he's like off going on on his adventures with the child. And then then like the next three episodes kind of deviated from that story and then they were kind of like uh more like individual uh west like um western uh uh story side stories and heist story and then uh another another uh western story so it was um um, then it kind of went back to the same thing um right after right after that with uh uh, chapters seven and eight Mm -hmm. and um with this i feel like um since since now they have like now they're set on a, another journey to find uh, Baby Yoda's uh, kind or possibly other Jedi that can take the child. I think it sets the story a little bit forward 
so that if there are side missions, it's not as distracting as it was in the first season. But I, I didn't expect to co- go back to Tatooine on on the first episode. No, uh, no, far from it. Right, and if and if they hadn't given us that real zinger at the end, I wouldn't have been very sure why. Mm-hmm. Like up until that point, I was like, okay, Tatooine first, that's cool. But like, I don't like. Why are we here, right? Like, mm-hmm. okay, yes, someone said there's a Mandalorian there, and of course, as soon as, as soon as they said that, everybody's thinking Boba Fett, and then we right. get Cobb Vanth and the armor, and so you're like, okay, maybe you know. But then when we get Boba Fett, then it's mm-hmm. like, okay, well now we know why we were at Tatooine, and I'm assuming that that revelation and that connection to, to Boba Fett will be a part of the storyline. So maybe we'll feel mm-hmm. differently about the first episode going forward and realize, oh, it is a part of the storyline. But, I mean, this, the entire, you know, the, the I mean, like, the, like the, 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 you know, the whole, like, from the time that the Mandalorian gets to Tatooine to the time that it's, to the time that we see Boba Fett, that storyline was pretty basic. It was pretty straightforward. It's like, you know, it was a classic, you know, coming together to beat to defeat a common enemy you know slay the dragon kind of a storyline which was mm-hmm. cool like you know there's just dragon literally that's terrorizing everyone in the land mm-hmm. and they all gotta band together to defeat this dragon and that was cool and it was fun and it was i love that it was like you know like a it really was in many ways like a giant fan service right like you know, just gonna, oh yeah just that... gonna go and do this story about a crate dragon right which is something that we've never seen in in any main you know canon live action i guess um Mm -hmm. so that was really interesting um but yeah i was surprised too i was surprised like most of the episode i was like wow i'm like really surprised that we're on the side mission even though and and we still don't know what what cobb i mean i think we got kind of got a sense that cobb vanth could come back right they said Mm -hmm. yeah i hope hope we work together again or something like that so yeah i i really hope so too Uh, i think that's it seems seems likely Mm-hmm. Seems likely. It kind of feels like he feels like kind of like the Quill mm-hmm. of this season, right? Like because he meets Quill in episode in season one, episode one, and then he leaves, right? But then Quill comes back into play later, so maybe that's a similar beat they're gonna hit, like mm-hmm. where Cobb Vanth will come in to end up being a critical part of the story later, possibly. Mm-hmm. So. So um, that was gonna lead right into my uh, next question: Was uh, Cobb Vanth? What What did you think? What did I think of Cobb Vanth? Yeah. I, okay. So my first thought was that I was blown away that they went there and took something from not from the movies. Not like they went into deep into canon into something that even a lot of people that I know don't even know. You know, never who haven't read Aftermath. And don't know who that character is. I was really surprised, and I, I like that they're doing that. Like, and I like that you know the reality is is you don't even need to know anything about Cobb Vanth and Aftermath to watch the show and understand it and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But if you're a deep fan, like if you're a fan who reads the books, then it's like a reward. It's like hey, you know, like here's here's a character that only you know about, and it's cool that you, you get to have that that awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was very cool. Um, I thought that uh, I don't know why, but I could not shake how poorly the armor fit on him. <laughs> yeah, I, I I felt like that was like very intentional. Um, 
it and, must have and been. That's, and, and at the same time, it was really um, like I, we threw a lot of jokes at it, like the first time viewing it with uh, a bunch of buddies of ours, and we've uh, tried to do a live uh, reaction on it, and it didn't work. But anyway, it, it was we, just it yeah. Just we was definitely <laughs> it was like it's like the wardrobe person was like. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess it, I don't know if, if it was supposed to look like, like I think if it was supposed to look like, hey, this isn't his armor, right? It doesn't actually work for him. Like he's just wearing, he's borrowing it, or he's wearing someone else's armor, and like, he's not really a, a Mandalorian or a bounty hunter. Fine, but it just was distracting to me visually. Like I just was like, this guy just doesn't look like he should be wearing that armor. It's too, it's too big on him or mm-hmm. too small on him at the same time. And his like little baggy sweater that he was wearing. Yeah, the the uh, the grandma sweater <laughs> yeah. that we kept referencing. Yeah. Uh huh. And he was and he was really skinny, which made the armor. I felt like the, it looked like the armor was shrunken. Mm-hmm. It didn't look like the same armor. I mean, it was, and it looked you know color and pattern wise, but I thought that was distracting. But I mean, it was still super cool to see the armor and, mm-hmm. and see it on someone. And then, as far as his character, like I thought it was interesting. I mean, like it's it's not it's not new, right? Like we right. know this character already from the book, and it was an interesting, you know, character type. Like that's a that's a pretty common, you know, character. Like in the old west, like you know the 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 one guy standing alone, you know, defending the small town, kind of a thing. And like, um, and yeah, so it was cool. It was cool. I think for the most part, Timothy Oliphant was fine mm-hmm. as the character yeah. i think he did he did a fine job it wasn't amazing it was just fine um and i think that they did a good job like i think the tension the, the chemistry between him and the mandalorian and the way they first started off and then how they ended up was all very very well done and, and interesting to me so yeah i think he was a good good i mean a pretty typical star wars character i think in many ways and fit into mm-hmm. the story and it was just cool to see them very intentionally include a character that the overwhelming majority of fans wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. But yet they did that on purpose and like a lot of very like hardcore fans were, are going to know, oh my gosh, like they read that same obscure thing in Aftermath and put it in the show. And that's mm-hmm. cool. I like that. I, I feel like I give a lot of praises to like his performance. Um, it's It takes a lot to win me over as far as like characters go. And like his kind of um, won me over probably like the first scene like where he takes it off and then he's like, well, hey, um, well, I know, I know you're kind of shocked that uh, I'm not a Mandalorian and I shouldn't be even having this. Yeah, you're pro- probably gonna kill me or I'm gonna kill you. But seeing as you have the kid around, I think you're a little more uh, sensible than that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I just like the um, just like the mannerisms that he has. Like you can tell that he's definitely a uh, one of those like leader characters that's more a little chillaxed than most. Right, right, right. So yeah, yeah, he's definitely mm-hmm. he's definitely not a, a not the stoic, serious Mandalorian mm-hmm. character. You know, he's more of a gunslinging kind of a yeah and and i and i loved i like that and i was watching someone else i forgot who one of the youtube videos i was watching and they pointed out like kind of like he just takes the mask off right away mm-hmm. and like the mandalorians there and he's like okay that's not yours right and he's offended i think even like you, you just took your helmet off we don't do that you're not a mandalorian how'd you get this armor like right so there was so much tension between those two characters and i feel like the 
both both of the characters and Cobb Vance's character like really played that well mm-hmm. where he was like okay we can try to be chill and then you're like oh you want to go now okay like and and that played out really well I think and 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 then getting the backstory and then and then they have to end up teaming up because mm-hmm. there's this giant creature who's gonna hasn't swallowed the whole village yet nobody really knows why mm-hmm. it seems like he could he, <laughs> probably swallow the entire village in two sittings but that's another part of the story <laughs> so yeah plus i think the chemistry between uh mando and uh uh Vaughn is was like really yeah again as as you said as we've all said it kind of started off rocky and then like once they teamed up i felt like there was definitely like the buddy buddy kind of relationship right. yes very uh, much. that that kind of like moved in there pretty quickly so i thought yeah. that was really uh interesting yeah they, uh, they did a good job of setting up the tension and then mm-hmm. kind of turning turning that around for sure so so that kind of also leads us to like the town of uh Mos Pelgo. Pelgo. Like first seeing it, I was like, "Huh, okay. Well, it's smaller, small, definitely smaller than most Isley and most Aspa." Oh yeah. And like, it's probably the equivalent to Coral, which is like a town that, like, I grew up in Howard City, which is a small town, but there was like an even smaller town uh, called Coral, and like it was like probably like just maybe twenty houses, and the only thing that qualified it to be a town was. Uh, a bar, a post office, and a gas station. That was oh, in a Catholic church. That was it. Mm. So that that was that was uh, definitely what I got from uh, Mos Pelgo. It was definitely the coral of uh, Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was it was almost like calling it a town was almost like a stretch. It was, mm-hmm. looked more like an outpost or like a like a Arctic research station or something. You had these like the the. Everything looked very temporary. It looked very small. Um, it really was just like this one road, you know, one street town. Mm-hmm. Um, there was no like sense of like too much infrastructure. Um, it was interesting to introduce another location on Tatooine. Um, I, I didn't really have strong feelings about the location itself, like that that town. It just didn't have a lot to it. Like there wasn't right. much to it, and I. You didn't really get to know anybody else in the town significantly other than Cobb Vanth and, and maybe the, the bartender a little bit. Yeah, I was going to say the bartender, but the, I, yeah, again, that, I felt like that was kind of a bit of a stretch. Right. Um, but that, but that, that, that location was, I guess, un- intentionally just like, it's like, mm-hmm. this is just a, 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 a really a non-place, right? These are just forgotten people. They don't really, they don't exist on the map. They, they, they have no real, you know, mm-hmm. impact on anything. You know, um, interesting. So, so as we're just talking about it, like a question just popped up into my head, and it's like, well, was this uh, take like was Mos Pelgo like done like with the volume, or was that an actual set? It was really hard to tell. So hmm. I, I don't. I'm, I, I not, mean, I'm not sure. There might. Like, I it, mean, there must have been some physical structures, but mm-hmm. I mean, that was definitely something that could have been in the volume. I think as a as a as a background for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just so small and very, very, and, the, and there were not, there's a few wide shots of the town, but not very much. Mm-hmm. So hard to say for sure, but probably I would guess like a lot of those scenes could have been done in the volume because there really wasn't a whole lot to them. And he was, the Mandalorian was very cent- center focused, right? In those oh, okay. Shots, so. uh-huh. Yeah, I don't know. And then uh, the crate Dragon. 
that that was really cool. Um, yeah. Like, oh my gosh, like it, it was it's so weird because like when the crate dragon was I I don't want to say introduced but like very much teased. We just heard the sound. We're all just like crate dragon. That that's it. And I think I think that's kind of fun how uh, John Favreau and Dave Filoni like added that kind of stuff in there. Uh, like again, very fan servicey, mm-hmm. but it also kind of puts like something new to it as well. Because we've never seen this creature before, right? Um, I mean, there are some Ralph McQuarrie drawings of it, but it's there were the horns like on the uh, back of it. But it was it was definitely more like a looked like a medieval, uh, yeah, like uh, a dragon. Like plus, a dragon type. At, at the same time, we we didn't even get the full scale of this thing, right? Uh, like mostly saw the neck, and may, maybe it's kind of like one of those. Maybe it's like a snake. I don't know. It's still kind of very similar to the sarlacc, where it's like. The whole creature is not fully shown, but at the same time, it's like, whoa, huh? Right, right. You can almost just hear them, like, you know, sitting down to, to create the show, and they're like, let's just let's let's do the crate dragon, right? Like, mm-hmm. like, it's something that was referenced, and it's something that was in the original Star Wars, you know. So, like, you you take something that's a little bit maybe obscure, and say, oh, what would it be like? You know, what was a crate dragon? You know, mm-hmm. and how does that like? Like you know, fit into life on Tatooine, and and how do you and and then bringing in like the te- the Tuscan Raiders and how you know they live on Tatooine too, and they got to deal with it, and and just like taking something that is like I said, pretty obscure. Like I mean, Crate Dragon's not it, it's it's not even really a thing, and you take that like little obscure reference and make it a thing, and then turn it into a full episode of a of a of a TV show, and and mm-hmm. I think they did a really it was fun, and it was and it looked amazing like that was fantastic yeah, de- definitely for a tv show yeah, yeah the, mm-hmm. the special effects were fantastic um and that was fun to watch it kind of gave me game of game of thrones vibes of like the dragons and game of thrones like mm-hmm. getting that kind of creature you know giant scale the scale of it like you got a sense for how big it was it looked very realistic very scary menacing creature that you know you felt like yeah, like when it first showed up and like the was going through the sand and you're like, whoa, that would not be a fun thing to live with. Like, right, <laughs> walking the streets and the, you know, at least you had that shaking of the ground that kind of warned you that it was coming. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, interesting. Yeah, that was fun. It was a good. It was like it was like a prolonged fan service, like mm-hmm. Great Dragon, you know, reference for the whole episode, <laughs> which was great. So. And now let's talk about the Sam people. Uh, they were more heavily involved in this episode, uh, more more so than like anything that I've seen in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe maybe uh, Attack of the Clones was close, like seeing their uh, village and uh, women and children before Anakin like axes them all off. Um, but uh, yeah, this this kind of dives in a little bit more about Sam people that we really didn't know too much before. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I think it was, it's interesting. I mean, like, Sand People, the Sand People, you know, original. like, so if you, if I'm thinking back, like, they're in A New Hope mm-hmm. for a very short period of time, and then they're not in the original trilogy again, to my knowledge, if I recall. No. Nope. Um, but were instantly iconic and, 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 and identified with Star Wars, but they were, had, like, no, they had no personality no backstory no they, they just they were just savages right mm-hmm. like they, they and 
pretty one-dimensional. And then you got that small reference to them, you know, sniping pod pod racers, which was really mm-hmm. nothing. Like right, like they're just annoying. Um, but then you got Attack of the Clones, and then you got that that you know awareness, like the, those scenes where you actually see like where they live and they they have a village and a community and like they you know whatever. Um, but the, starting with last season with those brief encounters with the Tuscan Raiders um, mm-hmm. in that in the with the gunslinger episode I think it was um, really expand like really expanded them into like full-fledged like characters that that communicate mm-hmm. language I guess that's language like yep. between their sign language and their grunts and gurgles and mm-hmm. and 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 they become they 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 did something that, you know, I don't I mean, maybe some people don't like it. Like, they kind of made the Tusken Raiders, like, like if you think about what they were in A New Hope, they were just scary, right? Mm-hmm. They were just bad, scary characters, right? Now, they're viewed more, like, they portrayed them as, like, you know, some, you know, misunderstood savages or something like that, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was really interesting. It was an interesting, you know, way. I mean, I, I, I love the Tusken Raiders, like, the... For some reason, the Tuscan Raiders visually have always just captivated me. Like the, mm-hmm. something about the look of them, the fact that you can't see their faces at all, and like the right. way that they look, and and the way that they act, and they're kind of like scary and cool looking, and um, and yeah, I mean, I like I love I like that they I, I I enjoyed it. I thought it was cool to like again like take something like the Crate Dragon and the Tuscan Raiders and and just really expand it, like really give it story treatment. And screen time and, you know, wider view of them or a bigger sense of who these, you know, creatures are. So mm-hmm. I thought it was cool. Go way off track, but there were, like, definitely, like, moments where a whole group of us were just geeking out. And, like, one of those was uh, Anakin's uh, oh. pod racer being put into a speeder. Yes. So huh. I, de- I definitely call a huge fan service. Uh, I, I, I want to say... We'll say uh, yellow flag on that one. But at the same time, it's like, okay, well, things move around and all that kind of stuff. And I thought that was kind of cool. I mean, I think it's, it's kind of, I mean, I think it was, I think it was, it was interesting. Like, I mean, like if you think about it really realistically though, I mean like the Anakin's pod racer would be really old by then. Right. Mm -hmm. So that would have been something that had been lying around for a long time. And that he somehow had scavenged, which fits with like Tatooine, right? Like right. Tatooine is mm-hmm. like, that would be like something that would happen on Tatooine, right? It's kind of like a place where people, you know, they, they make, the, make the most of what they have or what they find. If they scavenge something, you know, they repurpose it or whatever. That fits in with my image of what Tatooine would be like, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I could use that, you know, or whatever. And like, and, and he takes it and he turns it into a, into a, a, a speeder of some kind mm-hmm. um and yeah i think that was it was great it was like it's like wait what is that that's a pod racer that's anakin's pod like oh my god like um and yeah and i'm sure there's people who would think like oh that was just so so on the button like you know like insert here you know mm-hmm. fan service you know visual yeah um but I mean, it's not like, it's not like, okay, like, I mean, Anakin lived on Tatooine. He had a pod racer on Tatooine and, and it's conceivable that that could happen, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and that, he, you know, 
Um, it was interesting. It was interesting. It was fun. It was a good, it was a good, it was just a fun moment, right? It's, mm-hmm. I'm a fan service. I'm not a, I have no problem with fan service for the most part. I, so they can deal that kind of stuff all day long. And that was fun. That, oh, that was the one thing I forgot. Um, why, why did I just say that? Anyway, um, the, um, music, the soundtrack to this, um, definitely, like, I don't know if you've like listened to the Mandalorian, uh, soundtracks, like ever since they've been released. Season um, one, I have. I didn't. I didn't. I was checking for season for this. Is this episode out anywhere? Uh, last last time I checked, I didn't think so. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there's kind of a bit of reasoning behind that, which I, I definitely heard a lot of familiar things that were that were done from season one. So mm-hmm. I think it would have been. I don't think there was like enough new material to like do to release like the soundtrack episodes. Like individually, right. like they did last time, um, right. it might be possible that he that um, uh, Ludwig might uh, put put a, put like whatever new themes were introduced in season two all into one album. So that that, that might be possible. Pick up on but, anything? I, I was yeah. not. There was nothing. In, there, there was no musical moments that that struck me. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. I wasn't really paying attention to that. I don't think too much. Huh. Other than the, the familiar right. themes that I heard, right? Like the like the main Mandalorian theme. Right. Yeah. That. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there was like, um, like music bits that were played from like the Sandcrawler uh, scene, like when when uh, Comp Vanth was being rescued by the Jawas. If they played that little uh, uh, Jawa motif that Ludwig put in the first season. Hmm. See, I so, I'd have to rewatch uh, it and pay more attention to the music. Mm-hmm. And then uh, there was the, like, where uh, the Mandalorian was laying out the plan. There was, like, that music cue from that, that same episode, but, like, that's where uh, Quill and uh, Mando were fixing up the ship. Mm. So that that music cue was in there. Um, and there, I'm pretty sure I could uh, nitpick the a whole episode and say that musical cue was from that episode. So... Um, but yeah, that's something I kind of noticed on, uh, first viewing, which I thought I would, I thought that would be like a second viewing thing. Um, I I was just searching Apple music earlier and I did not see anything for season two. Oh, really? Of the Mandalorian. Huh. And it's still, yeah. It's, oh, no, only season one. Oh, okay. Huh. There is a Mandalorian official playlist from Disney. And it's all season one. Okay. As far as I can tell. It's an extensive playlist, though. Wow, I've never looked at that. Oh, yeah. But it doesn't... I don't think any of it's from season two. Yeah. Normally, I would, I, if it was there, I would listen to it. Mm-hmm. But. So, the Mandalorian uh, soundtracks in general, when it comes to soundtracks, it it's like, put it all in the correct order, and it's like kind of like watching the movie... But like without dialogue and all that, which I really much prefer, or they jumble the whole thing and like shuffle like um, parts, which I don't know about you, but like my uh, OCD kicks in really quickly when that <laughs> happens. But like the Mandalorian soundtracks, they're they're pretty uh, run run of the mill, like all in order and pretty close to uh, mm-hmm. the movie actors, like series actors on the screen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, there might be some motifs off here or there, but, like, not very, not very notice, not very noticeable, mm-hmm. so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. 
Um, but yeah, that 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 was kind of like one of the things that kind of had my head scratching was uh, like, where's the uh, Mandalorian season two soundtrack? Um, and at the same time, it's like, okay, I can see why they don't need it at this moment, but I think it would be kind of cool to have season two music sometime in the future. Oh, for sure. I always that's a that's a staple for me of any really of most any Star Wars movies or TV. Like even, I mean, I don't, I don't know that I come across much. Some of the music from Clone Wars I found online in different places, and it's mm-hmm. it's very fun and recognizable. I don't know if there's any Rebel stuff out oh, there. Oh, yes, there is. There is. Um, yeah, there's uh, Season 1 and Season 2. For some reason, they didn't do, like, Season uh, 3 or 4, uh, which, hmm. yeah, yeah. The, the Rebel soundtrack is very phenomenal. Mm, so. I'll have to give that a listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I feel like with Star Wars, like, I, I usually want to re-watch things many times but i also want to re-listen many times mm-hmm. so that i get fully immersed and then when i watch together like i really recognize the music and recognize the visuals at the same time and so hopefully they do put that out somewhere sometime mm-hmm. yeah for sure so and uh and uh, last but not least i think it's kind of time to talk about the big reveal at the end uh, yes wow <laughs> yeah so what do we think of that that's the that's interesting so i yeah. think for me like you know we we have been hearing rumors for a long time mm-hmm. right that tamira morrison was coming back that he'd been cast in the show and that obviously primarily got people thinking boba fett mm-hmm. some people were saying oh that could be a clone because he could be any Right, clone trooper as well, mm-hmm. who could have survived, you know, and been in in the in the universe at this time. Yeah, um, plus he's definitely definitely the right age for it. So, mm-hmm. but I think um, so. First, the first thing is that I was really like it, they just they did such a good like that reveal was just I don't know just like the way that that happened for me like you know at the beginning when he's when you get the whole like hey there's a Mandalorian on Tatooine and you're thinking oh my gosh is he gonna find Boba Fett Mm -hmm. then you get Cobb Vanth and then you get the armor that he has and then you get the storyline and you kind of it kind of I slowly started to forget like the whole Boba Fett thing right and then at the very last second they zing you with it which I thought was brilliant. And I think we talked about before about how that pattern, that beat was very similar to the end of episode one of the first season where you have this whole long story. Mm-hmm. And then and then right at the very end, you get like shocked by Baby Yoda, right? Like right as the episode's ending, there it is. And so I thought that, I, I think that that's a really, I love it when television, like they pulled it off. Like mm-hmm. they they shocked us. Like they they would like they got that jaw dropping moment, right? At least for us, right? Um, and I thought I thought it was really cool, like that you're you're reintroduced to Boba Fett, but he's he's not Boba Fett, right? Like he's he's not wearing his armor. He's clearly like damaged. Like he's got scars on mm-hmm. his face. He's got no hair. He's you know wearing like you know robes and has, has Tuscan weapons that he's scavenged you know like he's like he's been through it right Mm -hmm. like um but just that moment of just like seeing tamira morrison on the screen and realizing that they just put boba fett and 
and really, I mean, I guess, I mean, we technically we saw Boba Fett in Attack of the Clones as a kid, mm-hmm. but we've never seen Boba Fett like okay. as Boba Fett, right? Yeah, <laughs> um, and 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 it was just it was for me, and it was just like that was just that single moment just blew me away, and it just had me with just like, oh my gosh, like what are we getting? And I think the biggest question for me is, okay, what does this mean for season two? Mm-hmm. Is this just a cameo thing? And then he's not really going to be a part of the story again. I kind of can't imagine that. Mm-hmm. Then it's like, okay, so is he like one of the main characters of season two? If so, what is that about? Like, how does he? What what role does he play? Is he is he an antagonist to the Mandalorian? Is he? someone that comes alongside him or is he just you know is he after his armor or did he abandon his armor on purpose Mm -hmm. maybe he was trying to be was he trying to stay hidden or was he like lurking waiting for an opportunity to come out like what happened what it's like and that's what i think is so brilliant about it. it's like oh my gosh like that's just it leaves me with so many questions and it leaves me very excited to continue the watching the season, which up to that up to that point, I can't say that the episode did that for me. Mm-hmm. It was entertaining, it was fun, it was worth watching. But but that moment, and then I was like, then in that moment, I went from this is fun to I can't believe I have to wait another week. Right, <laughs> which was brilliant. What a cl- perfect cliffhanger, right? Perfect mm-hmm. way to just like just like get their hooks right in you. Like now we got gotcha, you, and now you gotta wait. My biggest worry was if Boba Fett was... And I said this before in like uh, previous episodes before. I think it was the uh, Disney Plus Star Wars equals. That um, my biggest fear was that um, previously established characters would kind of steal the spotlight from the... Kind of like the main story. And, well, the child. Well, even though he's done a good job at that already. Uh, actually, speaking of which... Uh, the child in, in in this episode, he didn't really have much to do. He was an accessory. D- he, was D- just, he was just there for little cute shots. Like, yep. Oh, look at him. He's like, cute. Meme okay, shot. Meme shot. Meme mm-hmm. shot. Yeah, totally. And, uh... <laughs> Which is fine. But... Yeah, that's... Mm-hmm. But, um... But, yeah. So, um, so far, um... Yeah, that, that was kind of, like... I was like, okay, is it, like, if they are going to introduce Boba Fett, or, if, or Ahsoka in that matter, is, are they going to primarily focus on that um, instead of uh, Din Djarin? And I'm, in, from what I gathered from this episode, it's safe to say that they definitely know where, where to put the focus on the characters. So, I, yeah, I think um, that's the question that we don't know yet, right? Like, right. Like, Cobb the, Vanth was a central character to this mm-hmm. episode, but I don't think he's going to like take over. Right. Like and yeah, you think, if you think about episode, if you think about what we've seen so far from season one and then this episode of season two, it appears from what I can tell that the Mandalorian and the, and the child are the main characters. Mm-hmm. And then we know grief Karga and, and Cara Dune are coming back and will continue to be, co-stars mm-hmm. and, and part of the story um it would surprise me if they brought anybody like boba fett or ahsoka into that circle i guess it's conceivable my guess would be my guess would be that boba fett 
the character of Boba Fett has a significant role in this season, mm-hmm. and then done. So, uh, here, here's another question. Um, man, I'm saying that a lot, but anyway, with the return of Boba Fett, do you think it is possible that they might like have Boba Fett spin off of this series and then kind of have a series for him as well, like exclusively about him? I don't think so. For two reasons. Well, for, for two reasons. One, that's more personal for me. I don't think Tamira Morrison's talented enough, in my opinion, as an actor, to carry a whole series. Mm, okay. Don't, don't think he's like got the chops to like do that. Um, second thing is, I mean, it, it, so if you do a spin-off series with Boba Fett, do you do him without the armor or with the armor? If you do him with the armor, then it's like, another Mandalorian. Right. Another show with another guy with different armor. I just don't think they would do that. So I think that I think that this is going to be an in the Mandalorian storyline. I think it will pro- my guess and this is even just coming to me as we're talking. My guess is he becomes a part of the season 2 storyline mm-hmm. some kind of way. I think that it's most likely to me, just based on the way things happen in this episode, that it's a redemptive arc. I think that, you know, Boba Fett was a tool of the Empire. He was right there during the original trilogy um, in close alliance with Darth Vader. Um, He was a bad guy. Like, Mm -hmm. we don't like Boba Fett. He took Han Solo. Like, Like, he's not a good guy. And I think that potentially what we're looking at here is a redemption story. Could be wrong. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if that redemption story ends with him dying in this season. Oh, wow. Potentially. Oh, oh my Um, goodness. I was actually going to ask if there is a possibility of killing Boba Fett off, would that, like, would that basically, like, turn you off to the series as a whole and oh not at all i think yeah i think that um one of the things that gave season one significant weight was quill dying mm-hmm. um which is something star wars is typically doesn't like to do right that star wars doesn't like to kill off main characters right mm-hmm. i mean uh, i think of, of all the, the main characters well i mean like eventually you know eventually we do kill off han and luke and leia mm-hmm. but only because you know we literally only killed off Leia because Carrie Fisher was already dead. And mm-hmm. maybe she would have died in the, in the movies as well. But those characters were done, right? And the actors weren't going to do it anymore, so we killed them off. But, like, most of the time, we don't kill off main characters in Star Wars. Or even side characters a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that would be a very... I, I like the idea of a storyline where, like, here's Boba Fett's back. And, you're gonna, and they're going to turn him maybe into a sympathetic character, right? Like, if you think about, like, who is Boba Fett post-Empire, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, barely surviving the Sarlacc pit. And we don't know why he doesn't have his armor. Did he abandon it? Did it, like, we don't know, right? Like, my guess is he, he abandoned it, maybe. Um, um, and, and he's been lost, you know, trying to figure out who am I now that I'm not this top top tier bounty hunter working with the Empire, 
you know, and maybe maybe he has a redemption story. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and like to answer my own question, uh, no, I don't. I don't think it would have. Uh, I don't think it would uh, turn me off to the series if they do kill Boba Fett uh, for the exact same reasons that you stated. And plus, I feel like. Um, like fans will always have like their um, moments that they had with Boba Fett, um, like whether that be like action, like what how they played with him as an action figure or the um, books that he was in, uh, definitely with the uh, EU. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think I think Boba Fett definitely had had a good run as far as like the character goes. For sure. Uh, that, that, like along with Vader and uh, yeah, yeah. everyone else. I think I think it's perfectly reasonable. I mean, I think I think the fact that you know they took someone like Boba Fett and killed him in Return of the Jedi, mm-hmm. and then you know, and then immediately the the questions were raised like, is he really dead? We never really saw him, like whatever. I think this would be a good way to like, okay, we're gonna kill him. Like we're we're gonna bring him back because we've always had this rumbling about making a movie about him or doing a spin-off show and there's always been these rumors that he's alive and we introduced his armor in the aftermath book so all right we'll bring him back and we're going to finish his character we're going to we're going to close out his storyline right like he's already old so there isn't really mm-hmm. much more he can do like as far as being an action character i would guess um so i think it's highly likely that that's that kind of story we're going to get from him I, I will say, though, that, I mean, as much as I don't think they are going to ever do a spin-off Boba Fett, like, type of thing with his armor, like, I always wanted, and was I'm still very disappointed that we never got, like, I would have loved, whether it be a movie or a TV show, I would have loved to go back and maybe get, like, an, a Star Wars Underworld Boba Fett story, mm-hmm. right? Oh, yeah. Like, I've always wanted that. Like, I don't think we're ever going to get it, but I would have loved that. And, you know, can't always get what you want, right? But, like, that would have been cool. Mm-hmm. And But I don't think that they're going to spin him off going forward. I just don't see that happening. Okay. But you never know. Look, dude, I just realized that um, the Bad Batch takes place, like, post-Republic and, uh, like, the start of the Empire. Is there a possibility Boba Fett might show up in... Uh, the Bad Batch. Maybe possible. I, don't know. I, mean, I mean, it's. it's I mean, he. If he did, it, it would make sense in the in right. the timeline. Mm-hmm. It would make sense in the timeline, but I don't know why that would be necessary. Yeah, I I, I kind of get that too. That that's why I was a little hesitant. Like maybe I don't know. Yeah. So I mean, like I don't I don't think I'd be super excited or super torn if it happened or didn't happen yeah but yeah i mean he was never a part of the prequels i mean i I should say he was never a part of the prequels as boba fett the way we know him right in in the original trilogy right Mm -hmm. he was a kid Django was really boba fett for the prequel era um i i think that the, the 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 i mean that's a story that's begging to be told Right, mm-hmm. the story. I mean, the way that Boba Fett, the child, is treated at the end of a- Attack of the Clones, is just that's a story that's just begging to be told. He's this kid who watched the Jedi basically like pseudo execute his father, and then the next time we see him, he's this badass bounty hunter. Mm-hmm. Like, 
what happened? Like, I want to know that story, you know. Will we ever get it? I don't know. Where would we get well, it? Well, know. we got it in the Clone Wars a bit. Although, like, I didn't. I don't think we've like ever experienced uh, Boba Fett in his adulthood. Now, how the um, execution of his father affected him as an adult. Right. But we've definitely seen uh, his story yeah. going forward, like in the Clone Wars. Yeah, but the still, it's still not. It's like it's not the full. It's just with him as a as a child, right? Mm-hmm. As a kid, starting to be like an underworld figure, I guess would be a way to describe mm-hmm. it, right? But. I want like an underworld development story, right, of him, and mm-hmm. and I want to see, you know, we want to see why he has the reputation that he has when he shows up in Empire Strikes Back, and even in A New Hope in the extended edition, you know, he's with Jabba the Hutt, like, mm-hmm. like who is this guy, right? <laughs> so maybe you know we're gonna get something, we're gonna get something from him during season two. It looks like. Um, and but we'll see what it is. We'll see mm. what it is. I, I, like I said, they. Did, I mean, that was perfect. I mean, like they, they. I, my my like enthusiasm. I mean, I'm obviously I'm gonna watch every episode of The Mandalorian, pretty much no matter what. My intensity level to 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 engage it went from like from like eight to fifty when that happened like Mm -hmm. it's just like oh i'm locked in like which could be could mean i would be disappointed but i think it's gonna be interesting it's gonna be very interesting Mm -hmm. that will be it for for us uh for today be sure to check out our uh, other mando meetings episodes and other and our other trench run report episodes um you can find us on uh, facebook twitter and instagram at trench run report or you can follow us individually. Uh, you can follow uh, Aaron on uh, Instagram and Twitter. Twitter and Instagram account are at, at Bro Russo. Yep. And, uh, or you can follow me on uh, Instagram and Twitter at uh, BootsFet1. And uh, we'll be doing this again next week for uh, Chapter 10. Before I forget, um, the uh, Lego free giveaway has come to a close. We will be drawing the uh, winner for that um, right after the show. So if you do win, we will uh, be sending you a personal message saying that you won. And then all you need to do is give us the address and then we will ship the Lego set to you. And uh, thanks for uh, all that participated and, and just thanks a ton for listening to this. Um, as we said before, um, even even if nobody was listening, we'd probably <laughs> still be doing this anyway. That's right. Um, I feel like these will like the uh, discussions that we have will fall to somebody's ears eventually, and it and I think it's very much worthwhile. Uh, so until until next time, uh, this is the way.